The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello and welcome to the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And this is episode five, The Rules Lawyers Strike Back. And today we have a special guest who's been on the program before, and we're glad to have him back. It's Eric Warda. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for having me. We got him. Um, Eric, we thought it would be a good idea to have you for this particular episode because of the content that we're going to be going over, and you've done a lot of TOing before. Um, but before we get started on what we're talking about today, uh, we just want to remind our audience, please go on to iTunes and hit subscribe. Um, we'd like to see more people doing that. It's uh, new. We didn't have it before. We're getting plenty of people going on to Podbean and downloading episodes, which is great. Um, but uh, iTunes is available. Uh, please leave a rating, leave a review, be wonderful. Or you could just go to Podbean, hit the follow button. And another thing you could do is you can go on to the, our Facebook page, leave comments. Um, please uh, add anything you feel uh, you want to hear on future episodes and say, hey, guys, this would be a great thing to talk about. Be happy to oblige if it's a good idea, um, which it probably will be because generally we have good ideas uh, thrown out on that site. So that's good. Uh, let's move on. Oh, wow. I really backed out of that really terribly. Well, we also have anyway. our Facebook that's what I just said. The Facebook has a lot of additional content. We yes. have, post a lot of pictures and deck lists, mm-hmm. and we have discussions on there, and we respond to every comment and message. Typically. All right. Typically within one hour. Yes, because I'm always checking it. Uh, so let's move on. Um, so the first thing uh, that we wanted to talk about today is the tournament that I went to. Uh, back like a week and a half ago or so up in Newington, Connecticut at the Tabletop Shop, which is a really great place to go and play if you're in the area. They do all sorts of stuff. There was a magic tournament going on at the same time. They do, uh, you know, they do Sigmar. They do 40K. They do X-Wing is huge there. Um, so uh, it's a really great place to go. Uh, Randall and I have been there in the past for various things. And um, I went up there for a tabletop tournament for uh for underworld which was pretty great uh it's a pretty bit it's a bit of a drive for me um and so when i got up there i was like yay i'm here i'm on time it was 11 o'clock turns out that it didn't start until 12 so i had to sit around for an hour and then i got a buy in the first round you guys in on this too why don't you guys getting a buy is always great yeah because uh, you get you to just get to relax and uh, spy on it, and you get to see other style. people's decks, which Correct. I did actually. I was definitely going around and just taking Be a real scumbag. Ones. Yeah, I know. So let's see. There was um, there was a Stormcast Eternals deck. There were two Night Haunts. There was another Magors. Uh, there was at least one Thunder Buddies. So they had a lot more people than last time. Yeah, it was like seven. I think I was the seventh, oh. which is why we had oh, not bad, not bad, yeah, That's not awesome. too bad for your local and. 
up there. If Absolutely. I had gone, it would have been eight people. It would have been eight, Randall. And I, I would have been, I would have been nine. Look at yeah, that. So we still would have had a bye. Well, I mean, you have people. a good excuse. That's really far for you. Yeah, it would yeah. have been a, two hours, two hours back. So exactly. Oh no, it'd been more than that for you because you'd have to get up. I'd have to have picked you up and taken you there. It would have been like an hour and a half from when I picked you up. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah it's so, not close. Yeah, Definitely no way. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so when I got up there, I had I had the bye, which is weird because I spent like an hour and a half to go and play. You know. Warhammer Underworlds, and then I don't play. Uh, oh, also another weird thing that they did is that they only did one game per round, so it was like a real rapid fire. That is, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Well, I mean, because I would rather play for longer, but um, I think that the idea was that they, you know, they just they had other events coming, so they just wanted to make sure that it was like finished with enough time left. I up. see. I mean, it's but better it's than half nothing. an hour round. Yeah, but it's but it's you know the game is specifically designed for two out of three. So, so it was best of I, one. The best of one. It's best of one. Oh it's, man, it's good. much more like luck based if that's the case. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. I, I would. I, I do like to do two out of three because then you can adjust your strategy. Absolutely. Once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that that makes the game completely different. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did. I did end up getting another game in at the end. Um, but let's. Uh, let, let me regale you of my, uh, of my, you know, my experience. Um, so anyway, so in, so again, I had a buy in the first round. Um, but then in the second round, um, I got to get started and I played this guy, Bob, who I just met. Um, he is a really great painter. Uh, his night haunts were beautiful and they actually won the, uh, the best painter award for this particular tournament. And, uh, so when we started, um, I think I won the board roll on this one. And I did what I typically do with my Magors, which is that I take the one that has those. It's one of the original boards, and it has nothing on it. It's just an open board, and it has four uh, starting hexes really, really close to one uh, one of the edges. And he used one of the new Night Haunt ones, the ones that has the two blocked hexes and the one um, lethal hex in the corner. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and let's see. And so he set up with uh, the Briar Queen in the back and a few of the chain rasps up, up front and Varklab kind of on the side, on the right side. And I had him lined up with most of his chain rasps um, in front of Gartok and Magor and, uh, and Zarkus. And then I had Riptooth in, on the right side, kind of near Varklab. And I felt like he was a little bit too close that actually uh, I had an opportunity to go after him. And, and I did. And I was able to kill Varklab actually at the end of the first round. And it made the, the game a lot easier. You killed Varklov? I killed Varklov. Yeah, his Varklov was pretty close. Um, I was able to get him. He has to put Varklov all the way in the back, and the I witch agree. should be somewhere more in the middle. I so agree. she's not completely out there in the front, but she's close enough to kind of pick Varklov's opponents. No, the, the, the witch. The, the Briar witch. Queen. Sorry. Well, the, the, Briar... the Briar Queen is the one that has to come in and like, kind of do all the damage. Right, right, right. But you also shouldn't just throw her out in the front. You could like kind of put her, you know, maybe in the middle of the board because, you know, three and two reach is not bad. Well, especially what when she inspires. Used... What's that one? What's that card where you can just kind of like materialize anywhere on the board? Oh, uh, yeah. A sudden appearance. Sudden appearance. So he used sudden yeah. appearance on her because she showed up in the second turn. She was, I'm trying to just get my phone because I have a picture of it. Um, yeah, very, she, very she, good card. My yeah. God. Oh, absolutely. Just, you just, just teleport anywhere you want. Yes. Want. Uh, anyway, but I ended up moving in. The other thing is that I had a sneaking suspicion that he would try um, objective play because uh, they're, I think they're pretty good with objective play. And sometimes what I like to do, especially with um, Gartok, 
because he can't be driven back is to actually stand on the uh the objective mm. token just kind of gum them up so it's like a yeah better. and then so, so like you can sit here but you're gonna have to kill a dude which is good because they're actually not and i was having this discussion with um this uh with joe the other day and mm. um he was telling me that they're really not Joe's another night haunt player that you he's play a night haunt player right yeah and he was saying that they're not many of them are just not good fighters you really only have the queen they're not yeah and I guess ever hanged, but he's not anything to write home about. He he doesn't even inspire to do three damage. He does cleave, but it's and he is fast from the get go. But again, they don't have like at least two heavy hitters that are consistent. Even the queen with three cross swords is not yeah super I mean, amazing. I've I've had multiple like misses with my three cross sword inspired harvester, and to the point that he. Even on five dice with the potion of rage, he failed to hit once. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had that yeah, experience with Riptooth all the time because he's always going. Uh, and then anytime I play far strikes or try to shoot somebody, it's the same thing. Um, for some reason, and and you know, um, from a from a probability point of view, there actually shouldn't be a difference. And uh, oh, by the way, big plug right now. Um, if anybody's interested in knowing what dice do and like when you throw them in the probabilities, there's this new app that just came out called Warband Odds, and uh, I've downloaded it. It's pretty great, and you can change up all of the, uh, you know, all the stats and like how many dice it is and whether or not you're supported, and then you can hit like a button that'll like save that, and then you can change it and see what the dice, uh, the percentages uh, differences are, um, and so it's pretty great. But uh, if you do that and you check like three dice on swords you have a 55 percent win percentage and a 36 percent crit percentage but if you do like two hammers which i always thought was better it's actually not um it's a it's about the same win percentage and the crit percentage of course because you have one less dice is going to be less so it turns out that three swords is actually statistically better it is better yeah it's better than two hammers but it's it just still, doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like <laughs> okay, it. Okay, we miss us so much. Wrong. Like <laughs> anecdotally, I just feel like it's not. But like, yeah. you know, you know when like your gut instinct and the math like don't align. Yeah, like it's, that's what I'm getting right now. Something about those hammers just pop up and those crits with those hammers. Yeah, for the cross swords, it's like they. No, obviously, the best is to have three hammers, but right. <laughs> we don't always. Have oh, that. I love it. Yeah, this inspired mm-hmm. Zarkus, inspired uh, Gartok. They just come in all the time. Oh man, they're always brutal. they're always hitting, they're always landing. Anyway, but by the end of round two, uh, it was uh, he had killed Magor, but I still had Zarkus, Gartok still standing on an objective, and Riptooth also alive, and all he had was the Briar Queen. So I had just cleaned him completely out, and it was uh, at the end of round two. It was let's see, it was like I don't know, like two, four, six, eight. I'm just re- seeing uh, the picture. It's like about eleven or twelve to four. Um, and then at the end of the game, Briar Queen was dead. He killed Zarkus, and uh, that game ended fourteen to five. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, you get rid of Varklov, you pretty much got rid of the team in the beginning. Yeah. It's, I mean, well, I that's mean, it's also, very hard. Yeah, it's also a, a um, an argument for two out of three. Yeah, yeah. Then he, he could have point. changed his strategy up if he had more time. And see, and been like, oh, that's what you're gonna do. All right, fine. I can't do this anymore. So, so I, I do sometimes like sometimes with the uh, more technical warbands, primarily the uh, the dodge warbands, they need to be positioned properly. And literally, one mishap 
step or one mistake where you you deploy them improperly, you could lose the match for that. And that's happened not so much recently with my warden because my team could kind of get by without my warden, I realized, for the most part. But it's much, much tougher. But in the past, yes. there were certain times where, you know, you killed my warden in the first couple of activations. It's it's almost game over at that point. Yeah. But uh, but Bob was re- he was Bob was really fun to play against. Um, he was uh, he was really good sport about everything. Um, and also we had uh, some great uh, discussions about like how to, you know, like what cards to put in. And even after the fact, we were we connected on Facebook a little bit and we were we were talking back and forth. I was really happy to play him. I uh, can't wait to see him again. Um, in the next round, um, I played. This is actually, and this was actually the third round already. So this was like the final table. I was playing against a guy, another guy named Dan, but he was not playing Far Strider. He was playing Stormcast Eternals. So uh, he won the board roll, and I'm trying to get my phone to do the right thing. This is a different Dan. This is a different Dan. Not the same yeah. guy. This is a uh, this is Connecticut Dan. And um, and so we lined up. I think he won the board roll. It looks like he won the board roll. And let's see. Uh, so and I set up my group kind of the same thing, but because he he had set up his uh, players very aggressively, so he was way up front, like he was going to go head to head with me. So I brought Magor back a little bit instead of having him up front because I was outside of his charge range. So if he won the rolls, he could have conceivably just because Oberyn was right there he could have just come in I don't know if he had trap or twist or anything like that he could have just come in and killed Magor on the first one so what I did was is that I put more of my dangle bros up front and kept Magor back because I anticipated his charge and yeah so I just had him outside of range but if he charged in he would be in my range so I just sat back and waited um and yeah and then let's see, let's go to the next one. So by the end of the first round, uh, it was kind of already over. He had killed uh, Gartok, but I had killed basically everybody except for Steelheart. Wow. So Oberyn was dead and Brightshield was dead. And so it was Steelheart standing on a uh, on an objective token, like in the middle of the board in No Man's Territory. And I had... Magor, uh, let's see, that's Riptooth and Zarkus all at full health. And he had just uh, Severin at full health. Do you feel that he just went way too up front, even with Stormcast yes. Eternals having still possibly the best defense in the game? They have um, such a good defense, but I have a cleave but, on Magor. And the other yeah. thing is that I have an extra guy. Like yeah, he has yeah. 12 hit points. I have you could support 16. against him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think it was... I don't think that that's the way you play against Magors if you have Stormcast. And this is another reason why you should have two out of three. Because then he would have been like, oh, I can't do that. Right, right. And we would have had more interesting games. And some of these guys probably don't play. I mean, there are people that enter these tournaments that don't play as often as we do, that don't think about the game. And for them, learning on the fly is much more important, whereas we could probably gauge what will work more likely than not. They, they need to have that experience. So right. two out of threes, please, all the way. Well, that was one thing I'm sure that you felt when you were there is that when you set up against Stormcast Eternals, you're not really sure what is going to be in their deck at this point. Yeah, that's that's so totally true. You kind of have to make a read. thing's not really a thing anymore. Well, you ha- kind of have to make a read 
in the in the setup where you'd have to see how he set up his board and the objectives before yeah. you know and he just what kind of deck so he's playing. Aggressively. So you set up so you saying he set up very aggressively so you knew right away that it was gonna be an aggressive um Stormcast deck. Right. And since I put and, and again, since I put Magor so far back, he was able to just wait for somebody to come in and take a shot and then just kind of wreck whoever it was that was there that came in. Um and what then, did he do with his first uh, did he go first? I think he went first and I think he came in and he charged at uh probably at Gartok because Gartok was dead after the first round. Okay. Um I'm just looking at the pictures that I took. Um you know, I don't remember the exact blow by blow, but uh, it was something like that. Um, but th but then but then Severin started to rally, and in second turn, um, he ended up killing Zarkus and Riptooth. It was just just really great rolls, and um, I just had bad rolls, and you know that's how it is sometimes. Mm. And then Magor came in and uh, and took the shot and and got Severin down. So um, so that's really having bad. that fourth guy really helps out. Yeah, but that's, that's what why I'm I feel that they've always been the fusion of of the best in terms of aggro. That's why they beat out, for example, uh, Iron Skulls boys and Steelheart champions because well, they have that. Dangle Bros are so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reaction that hits having four guys, it's not the being doggy able to be pushed. Yeah, I think that I mean the 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 orcs obviously have the better they have the better leader. I would say just because he has that extra, you know um he has but, yeah wound roles. or he's activation extra, yeah yeah he's got the extra um what does he have he has the extra uh, wound he has re-roll right? when he's he inspired he doesn't have cleave right? though good yeah so it's 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 like it's like effectively like having three dice um mm -hmm. he doesn't but, get cleave uh, and get faster when he's inspired he, he just gets the re-roll he, he gets his own private soul trap he has unkillable or yes, whatever that's and that's right. literally the same thing and it's not restricted so yeah, that's really that's good right. And then, um, and then Bone Cut is pretty good because he can deal three damage when he's inspired. But the two Dangle Bros are terrible. Yeah, they do suck. They're just yes. they they just eat damage, but that's it. Just give one of them demonic weapon and hope for the best. Yeah, really. <laughs> but I mean, but with Magors, I think everybody's got something good going on. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, All right. Anyway, so that was that, and then um, and then I also landed like I had Playmaster and and uh, and Conquest in the final round and. And uh, I think it looks like I won that game, I don't know, like 11 to 3 or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. So, I ended up, uh, I ended up uh, winning. That was pretty nice. Congrats. Thanks, Another man. victory for Another the best Magor player. I know. I'm just saying. In the galaxy. You know, I'm not, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, <laughs> also, tip for those of you who have won Shade Glass. Just saying. You know those little boxes that the shade glass comes in. You know the little, the little, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking. Mine's about. pretty Eric, big. You got a couple. You got a really big one. Well, my my box shade. is pretty big. That's right. You got a very big box. That's true. I just have you know. What do you do with four, that? Four boxes. I just have four boxes. Here's what you do with them. This is for all you Gentiles out there because you know you just had Christmas. I'm sure you can take <laughs> down. No, seriously, you're gonna take down all of your decorations and stuff. Those boxes are great for putting ornaments in. Oh, that is actually a good really, idea. Really good. And they got the little padding inside of them, and they're all like nice. It got something delicate if it fits in there. Like that's a really great. That's a good point. Tip. I'm just saying. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. To all of you who celebrate that kind of thing. Also, just <laughs> you know, there was another. Well, I mean, you know, I have to because, you know, the wife. Um, so, also, I just wanted to point this out that there was another game going on. Remember Sean? 
Randall, the yes. guy that we played the last time we were there, yep. he was still playing. Um, he was playing uh, Chain Rasps, and I have this picture of the end of his game, and he had, let me count, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 23 glory in a game. That means he scored all of his Basically, old objective, whatever, whatever, yeah, and, and killed you know, everyone. You, no, no, no. You want to hear another crazy thing? I'm looking at the board at the end of the game, and the other per- his, his opponent was playing Magors, and it looks like they, he has three guys still on the table. So I don't know where he scored all that glory from. All right. he, well, I have a picture. He has got to keep them guessing. That's the only thing I have here. And he killed Magor, and that's it. Keep them guessing, um, supremacy. Something else. I don't he know. probably had all the tactical supremacy. The tactical you know, he supremacy. Did. He, I, I can all see that. that all of his guys Joe, are standing on something. Joe's been losing to me. Uh, the Night Haunt's been losing to my uh, skeletons for like the last five sets straight. And he, but he does uh, win some games, and he does get close, and and he sometimes even bodies me like twenty one to like six out of nowhere. So you do have the potential for that big, big uh, turnaround for uh, or, or capitalizing of glory for the Thorns of the Briar Queen, or any like any warband that that scores a lot of objective tokens. Yeah, I mean, from from the picture, it looked like he had a chain rasp on different objective token yeah. so i'm sure that must have been it it had to have been it there's yeah. no other way yeah yeah i mean if you if you can set that up they're a good band to do that with yeah all right are we ready to go to court yeah hold on wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> judges all right. ruling all right time to do it all right so now we're going to get into our next segment of the day and uh this is going to be card interactions there's been a lot of chatter on the boards uh about the way that certain cards interact and uh what we would like to do is to clear up um a few of them uh based on so these are obviously not official rulings but these are the rulings that we can kind of glean from what we know about the uh about the rule set and about the faq and about the erratas and uh, just kind of put our two cents in there because there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, feel free to go on the Facebook boards and tell us how wrong we are. But um, I think that we're going to get a pretty good job on this. So let's try it out. All right. So first of all, Eric, start us off because you've TO'd before. Um, talk to us about reaction. Quasi, quasi TO'd. All right. Just, I, I was known as a rules lawyer and to some smaller degree, I still am. But um yeah, reactions are essentially they they're just they're either ploys, gambits, or um, or upgrades, or sometimes on your fighter card they they pause the game when an event happens. So there's a trigger, and it lets a certain card be played for that trigger. And the biggest the biggest issue in this game in the first season was knowing what the triggers were. So. In the, in the first edition, Shadespire, they, uh, they describe the events like during an attack action or after an attack action or when your opponent makes a move or something like that. And those were the times that, that you would read on your card, oh, I have a reaction. And then the first sentence usually has that, has that, that saying, and then you're able to play that card. Now, at any point during that timing, during, that, during the attack action, you could only play one reaction. And if you, both you and your opponent play a, a, a reaction for that timing, your opponent takes precedence or whoever's activation is next. Right. 
So there was kind of less comboing, less stacking in the beginning because it was like, hey, this is the timing. It's the whole during the attack action or after the attack action, and only one reaction could ever be played. But what happened later on is that with future expansions, most notably the Far Striders and Magors, multiple crazy reactions, notably Twist the Knife and, and uh, Trap, start to come out. So you had a lot of uh, contestation about what beats what or what comes first. Can you combine certain reactions? And unfortunately, in my view, they FAQ'd it in the kind of the bad way they did it so you could use more of your cards and go through your deck i understand that but mm. they kind of ruled it on a per card basis because if you like i said if you read the rule book only one card could be played during an event and the de- event is described as it was in the rule book but then they they made it one step deeper they said oh no no there are multiple things that are happening during an attack action so that's why you could have something like twist a knife and that's when the attack action will succeed. And then afterwards, when you drive someone back, which is still technically during an attack action, you can then play trap and things like that. Whereas as originally you would think, hey, you can't play that because you know two things are being played in one timing. But as they as they broke it down later on, there's actually more timing events within those uh, within those events. Right. So you so, get this kind of like inception situation where you have um reactions inside of reactions inside of reactions kind of you have um you 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 basically have multiple triggers where we thought that the triggers were very expansive and you could only use one card during that entire event it turns out that the events are actually uh more they're multiple within that event so it's not just during an attack action it's sometimes before dice are rolled or after you drive someone back for example or if an attack action is successful, you know, so certain things are, um, it's more, they made it more specific. So you have to, if you're reading your reaction, you have to know exactly what the trigger is going to be as it states on, in the, on the card. Yeah. We'll see coming up, uh, the, the phrase when this attack would be successful is extremely problematic in with a lot of card interactions. I feel like mm-hmm. there should just be like a checklist that you you run down or like a like a subsection in the rules reference there where it's like check one, roll, you know, determine target, check two, roll dice, check three. Well, you know, they have that with X-Wing is they have yeah. like a timing table. Yeah, they have that in X-Wing and they have it in Legend of the Five Rings too. And, and we, and we they, really need they that did, in Shadespire. They did have it in the original Shadespire, but the problem was the FAQ and the FAQ opened up a lot more questions. Wow more events happen during an attack action. It's not just one thing. So in my view, they actually messed it up. And they kind of made the cards, at least reactions, more overpowered than they already were because everybody was taking, you know, the stacking reactions and then the the health reactions. So you could play, like, last chance. For example, if I were to hit Randall and then twist a knife, essentially killing him, twist a knife adds one damage to the attack that's going to be successful he can then afterwards make a reaction that is last chance. And if you read it, you're like, hey, how can two reactions be, be made during the same attack action? It says during an attack action. If I make it, if I play a card during the attack action, you should not be able to play a card. Well, actually, what's really happening is that first, it is during the same attack action, but there are multiple events during that attack action. So he's twisting the knife, essentially killing me, 
And before I remove the model, I can play last chance and try to deny the kill. Right. So it, it, they made it more technical. Right. They made it more technical because they want you to use all your cards. And Which is more interesting. But then we get into the situation. Where exactly. We to, like talk about it like this. And, then, and, and, and who hasn't been to a tournament where somebody's like, hey, hey, are we, you know, they're just asking around. Hey, can we do this? Like, is this a thing that you're allowed to do? And, and, right. and then which is like, what you don't want in the game. Right. Every game you want a smooth experience. You even want people if, to know what's going on. Right. Even if someone yeah. can make the argument, hey, maybe it'll be a little bit more dull or it'll be a little bit more tame. Sure. But then at least it's easier to even out, e easier to balance out. We won't have so many crazy combos that already exist. You'll also have to be strategic and pick and choose which reaction you want to do. You can't just slap them all down. As essentially you can now with twist a knife, trap, and then pit trap. So... Thing, things like that. I, I think there's another thing that, that comes from making it a little bit simpler, which would be just that no matter what your uh, level of commitment with the game, you'll be able to play it correctly. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can know, always I, jump I can in see and out. Especially beginners going like, wait, what? Like you can yeah. do but it says these are seem to be the same timing. Are you sure? And then you're like, Yeah, 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 it was in the thing. Like it, the, the less you have to FAQ, the better. I think, and um, just and, and unless you have to argue about it, you know, in a yeah, casual the, setting or even a tournament setting, the better. You have to you have to understand that reactions are not, even though they're you know upgrades, ploys, gambits, and the rest of them, they're not normal cards. As in, you don't have you you don't prepare them for the next activation, or you don't play them as a defense, whatever. They happen right away, so automatic, like already from default, they're they're more powerful than your average card. Because you're not waiting, you're just doing it right away. Right. It's a it's a step that you don't have to wait to play. And there's no you don't have to wait to the power step. Correct. You can play in the power step. Well, unless of course you're the... sitting in your chair and like giggling to yourself. Right. Right. I and mean, how many times like, did people? Uh, what do you got? Yeah. How many times did people run into like something like that, like a quick thinker? Yeah. Like, like you would kind of feel. You, you kind of wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's it's already super. You don't know what's gonna happen, and it's like. You know, it's already an ultra powerful card, and that goes for most reactions. They're just very powerful, at least the player and gambit reactions. Right. All right. So, are we ready to do our opening example? Uh, I think we can. Uh, so, this is something that right. I noticed. <laughs> you got <laughs> yes. to give me my window. Come on, it's that's my reaction. Like it. I get to, I get to put it right there in the text. Let's go. I'm here to steal your glory, man. Oh. All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, this is something I noticed the other day. And a popular card nowadays that lets you score automatically is um, because of the restrictions is Master Stroke. So Master Stroke, score this immediately if an enemy fighter is taken out of action by an attack action made as a reaction by your warband or a reaction made by your warband that causes damage. So any reaction that is that makes you attack or does a damage in itself and it happens to kill a guy, you get Master Stroke. Uh, what I noticed is that there is, and if anybody has any other uh, card that they found, just you know, type it in to uh, one of the Facebook page or whatnot. But I found Potion of Rage. Potion of Rage is a, one of the new upgrades, and it's a reaction. During this fighter's attack action, before any dice are rolled, discard this card. The attack action has plus two dice until the action is resolved. So I score master stroke for this card because sorry, it, we, you, you cut out oh sorry say it again can you hear me now yeah yeah okay so potion of rage uh, you got the description right 
Yeah, we got that part. We just didn't hear whether or not you can score a Master Stroke. Okay, so I do not think you score Master Stroke because Potion of Rage in and of itself is not an attack and it does not do damage. It only enhances an attack by two dice. It increases accuracy, which is not what it really says on Master Stroke. Right, right. So it's an interesting thing uh, that we should be all, all, all be on a lookout um, with the cards. Now, watch this BFAQ that you can, but you know, right, totally. I know that's what's going to. The happen. way we're reading it now, <laughs> it's 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 not right. You can't score it. So what we're going to do coming up now is we're going to actually go over a bunch of um, interactions that were actually put up on the Facebook page by you, the readers, uh, the the listeners rather, because um, this is. This is a, an auditory medium, not a paper. Okay. So anyway, so we're, yeah. So these are things that were actually written down by all of you. And uh, we're going to uh, go over them. Uh, the first one that we want... Wait, hold on a second. All right. So the first one comes from the Warhammer Underworlds community page. Uh, this was a really long... Uh, posting there were a lot of people who were going back and forth on this i myself is i'm on that particular one and it was written by a guy who i wish i could say what his name is but it seems to be written in russian so i actually don't know but he came up with this great um situation which we've which eric and i chatted about a little while back um and i think that we've kind of figured this one out okay so the interaction is ghoulish pact uh, which uh, is one of those newfangled ones. Hold on a second. Let me just ghoulish pack. Let me get that one up. Because I definitely am good at podcasting, so I totally had this ready to go. I remember I mentioned this. What's goulash packed? <laughs> goulash. <laughs> Slavic dish. G no, it's G H, right? Yeah, G H. Yeah, I should have totally had this ready to go. Ghoulish this was one of the this is one of the first combos I actually noticed, and I, I shared it at the stream last month when the game when the new cards came out. Yeah, and, and this is this is kind of an edge case because you would need to have all three of these cards and an opportunity oh, yeah. to do it. Mm. But if you could, this could ruin a person's day. All right, so here it is. This is what Ghoulish Pack says. It's one of our uh, new Night Vault universals it's a ploy it's actually pretty good i can see like orcs definitely would play this i think we've mentioned that before all right it says choose a friendly fighter and an upgrade card from your hand that you can apply to that fighter period i I put in the periods because i want you to see where they are that fighter suffers one damage period if they survive apply the upgrade to that fighter all right so this makes a lot of sense it's a lot like spoils battle but it 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 gives a damage out when it does it. So what the argument was about was, can you play my turn and ready for action both off the same ghoulish pact? So now I think that it's clear that you can play my turn off of it because it deals a damage to you. And I think that it's also clear you could play ready for action off of it because it puts an upgrade on you. So those two things are not what we're talking about here. What we want to know is, can you play my turn and ready for action off of one play of Ghoulish Pact? The answer is yes, you can. I think you can, too. Yeah. Well, we had a lot of gut back and forth on this. A on, lot of back and forth. Back and I've forth. gone back and forth on this myself. like Because I, originally I said yes, and then when I was talking on, the, on the, the comment board about it, I said, oh, wait, maybe not. And then now I'm back to saying... All right, well, as the judge, I would ask you to explain your... 
right. evidence that you have and why yeah. I should believe you. So if you'll be the hide to my Jekyll, uh, Max, um, I present I read that, that you book. I I'll present that Hold you on. can. Which is which guys? It's 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 Doctor Jekyll. Jekyll's the good guy. Yeah, that would be me. Oh, I'm the hide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're so always was... the bad guy. You play Mac. <laughs> no, you're the host, man. You got to be the bad guy. I thought the host is the good guy. All right, forget. Oh, it. the guests are the good. Right. I don't know. I'm always the, the the protagonist is the guy who's. Uh, all right. Anyway, go ahead. All right, that's how you Stormcast see it. Eternals are also the bad guys. But it also way. means we're both versions it's, of the same thing. Now, this is a Vader movie. All right, forget it. Let's go. Anyway, um, so uh, something I I caught today. So I always knew like the nature of reactions where they technically froze the game. But this kind of solidifies it. In the first, um, I believe it's the first paragraph. No, it's the second paragraph under the reactions rules uh, in the in the main Night Vault book. So second paragraph, it says specifically, each reaction describes the situation in which it can be used. It might say, for example, during an attack action, after an attack action, or when your opponent plays a ploy. When this situation arises, you can use the reaction by declaring you will do so, and in the case of a gambit, revealing the card from your hand. Then simply resolve the reaction as described on the card. This happens immediately, which in some cases, it will mean putting part of the game, for example, the combat sequence, on hold until the reaction is resolved. So what this paragraph says is that you pause or you freeze the game mid-attack action or mid-ploy. And uh, uh, on some more evidence of this is, um, f- for example, forceful denial. Yeah, I was just going to say, the, right. the FAQ for forceful denial, which I'll read, it says, can I use forceful denial uh, in response to a ploy played as a reaction? Which means that, that can I stop a reaction with a reaction? Mm-hmm. Yes. Here it is. Yes, the trigger for forceful denial is your opponent playing a ploy which is a different trigger to the one that they played their reaction against. So because you're able to stop a card with another card, right? then to, to me it sounds like Ghoulish Pack can be interrupted by my turn, the damage, yes. you're reacting to the damage, and then you're doing that action because that's what the my turn reaction says, and then you go back to finishing the card, which is to apply the upgrade. Then if you apply the upgrade, you can then react with ready for action. That's correct. Right. So, but you do need all those and half of them re- uh, restricted cards in your hand. So it's not too easy to to pull off, but it is it's worth a try if people want to do it. Um, I mean, I, I can see all three of those cards being in a deck simultaneously. They're all pretty strong in your hand, though. Yeah, they would all have to be yeah. in your hand. Yeah, yeah, which is not likely, but if it comes off, like I can see somebody doing that. And they, again, like, they deserve it. I mean, yeah. they, they're still rolling, and I'm yeah. still defending. Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing's guaranteed, but they deserve it if they're going to throw all of their good, you know. I know. I'm just thinking, like, I put that on Magor. He's got cleave. He got. <laughs> he's going to. And, and now your and now your thing is over, and now I get to spend a, an activation. Now I get to go charge somebody. I could, if I had two guys around me, I could my turn one guy ready for action. The other guy then take a activation will kill a third dude i can wipe out everything with one activation boom yeah it, it's similar I'm to um rubbing my hands together i'm definitely going you could my right turn now. you could my turn shattering terrain and get two charges off or two that's attacks true. that's true because so, you can yeah because of my mid charge turn, yeah that's in the faq you can you can my turn at the end of a shattering terrain charge and then hit again 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're calling it. All right. Let's yeah. move on to the next one then. All right. Uh, this next one comes from uh, the one and only Stephen Van or Vaughn. Stephen Van. It's probably Van because there's no U G H in it. It's V A N N. And he's um, actually the guy right. behind uh, the blog called Shadespire, which I've read on occasion. That's a great um, blog. It is a great blog. Um, so so plug for Stephen Van and is called Shadespire. Um, so uh, he asked about the uh, the whole idea of mirror move, and we can see mirror move coming up in a couple of situations. And the question is, can you my turn? Uh, sorry, sorry. So if somebody plays my turn, why don't you read what mirror? Uh, I'll, I'll mirror do move says. Yeah. You got it? Mirror move is a reaction ploy. Says play this after an opponent pushes a fighter. Choose a different fighter and push them the same number of hexes. Okay. Now, so you're reacting by pushing a fighter different than what your opponent just pushed. Well, the 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 argument here is. Let's say you're playing Far Strider, right? And you shoot uh, Magor, who's one space away from you. And then he uses my turn to move. To, and then my turn lets you get pushed one. Your opponent is going to push Magor closer to you one and then attack you. So mm -hmm. are you allowed to play Mirror Move during his the reaction? Guy. The Far Strider player. Right. To mirror then move, move one space away from him after he does my turn, or during the my turn. Yes, right. Because it says the reaction, the trigger to the reaction is play this after an opponent pushes a fighter. Right. So what's happening is that you know with some of these newer cards, multiple events are happening. So whether it's just a regular ploy or a reaction, multiple events that are separate can occur. Can occur during that card so with with my turn because you're pushing a guy first and then attacking you don't have to if you're in range you don't have to push but it says push a fighter and make an attack action you essentially you're hurt right you're driven back you could make a reaction my turn i'm going to slide my guy right back in your face but right after my push and before my attack there's a window of opportunity for you to react with mirror move so mirror yes. move will react to the push part of my turn. And then and the heal. action will not be there. Yeah. Now I had originally escape argued, the attack. I had originally argued to you, doesn't that mean that the push and the attack happen at the same time? Um, and then you said that no, because you can say I went to the store and bought oranges. Like you have right. to go to the store first and then yes, buy the yes. oranges. So there is a window of opportunity in there. Mm. Right. There's a sequence, and they did it. They did it on purpose. You could tell why. In case you're driven back, that's that's the main reason why they let you push first when they made the card. And... Right, but it opens up that trigger window. Right, right, there. right, right, right there. All right, so we're calling it on that one. Yeah. All right. The next one comes from uh, Michael Carlin, uh, who uh, put up one about also mirror move, talking about. Snurk's action, Snurk's sour tongue from the goblins, um, because his action deals with a scatter token. And when you use a scatter token, it's considered a push. Is it not? Okay, hold on. I got the card right here. Okay. Yeah. Snurk's sour tongue inspired. He has an action that says scatter four from sour tongue's hex and push scour tongue, sour tongue three hexes along the chain. So it's a push. 
Right. And it says, if he would be pushed into an occupied hex before he is pushed, the fighter in that hex suffers one damage, and you push that fighter one hex. And this right. push must... So right. can so the... you mirror move a guy out of the way? I'm going to say no. You, you can't go out of the way. Because the you push can has only... to finish first. Right, he has to finish. Right. Because and the, and the reason for that is because he can... His uh, moving along the chain will stop if he hits a wall or a, a player. Right. So to get out of the way, like he would have to like a block. He would have to have gone through him. Well, it stops if he hits a an enemy too. Oh, it does. No, I thought you oh. could hit the same enemy like three I times. You go through them. In direction. Yeah. Like they get driven back every time. Yeah, he goes on like on a line because <clears throat> right, he's right. My bad. His, okay. Uh, thingy. So if he right. hits a wall, he'll just, he'll stop. Right. He'll stop, or if he hits but, like a block text. Anyway, what, what's important here is that he does not move; he is pushed. And there is a there is a vocabulary uh, and a glossary. I think at least in Shadespire, I think yeah, there I is a glossary. Hand of Nightfall, also. The, yeah, there is in the back of Nightfall. There is a glossary too. Yeah, so technically, he doesn't. He never really moves. He's pushed. So after his whole push, sure, then you could get you could play mirror move and move some other guy. Um, at the end of his uh, push. But it would have to be after the whole... Yeah, after his whole thing, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're calling that one? Yep. All right. Well, we had something that we were talking about. Uh, mir- oh, come on, man. Damn it. <laughs> oh, what's... Drudge is ruling, bro. I'm innocent. <laughs> we were talking about the interaction between mirror move and getting driven back. Oh, right. Because we looked in the rule book and the... when. When um, when your opponent attacks you and then drives you back, yes, that is technically them Being doing pushed. a push on one of your fighters. That is correct. Yes. So the the interaction there with mirror move says play this after an opponent pushes a fighter. Right. So can Snurk Snurk can in the middle of all of his push, he can push people away. Right. Yes. So if that's the case, whenever he pushes one of your fighters away, if he decides to, you can then play a reaction, I guess, in the middle of it. Yep. Right. I was just under the assumption that you were not pushing anyone out of the way. But you, if you are driving people back whilst he is going on his merry way, anytime, anytime he pushes he someone back, him, yeah. you, can, you can push someone else back because already his hand moved and he's, it's a different event, you know? Everything here is kind of turn-based in a sense. Hmm. Right. So I think the consensus is you can't, like, because he has a variable amount of, you know, ways he can be pushed, he can go the full three, he could go one, he could go nowhere. Right. You're not allowed to play mirror move to get out of his way. Well... Once he's completed... Does move or after he could, hits though, one of your guys? I, I believe I believe you can. If let's just say three guys are in his lane, right? He hits the first guy, right? He moved one hex. He hits him and he drives him back. You could technically move one of the next two guys out, out of the way. way. Right, he'd have to hit one person first. Right, so he, yes. he would have to drive someone back. You can't do it if he's not driving someone back, because then it's a consistent push. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. That that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Calling it? Calling it. Yeah, that's the proper way. Thank you, Andrew. All right. We're going to move on to the next one. All right. So this comes from Joel Freeman. Uh, 
he asked, uh, Mighty Swing and Brutal Charge. Do you get all attacks with an extra dice or just the first one? And then follow up, Mighty Swing with Ferocious Charge. Can you score it off of any kill or just if you kill the first guy? So the situation here is if you're if you're going to mighty swing, you come in with a with a fighter, and he's going to mighty swing. Let's say three other fighters. He just finds a nice spot in between them all, and um, mighty swing goes off. Do you get? Let's start with brutal charge. Brutal charge uh, states. Oh, gotta find it. Hold up. Ah. Anybody got it? Brutal charge is an upgrade, <clears throat> and it says roll an extra attack dice when this fighter makes a charge action. Right. So the the question is, let's say this the character has Brutal Charge equipped, and then you play Mighty Swing, and then he has the opportunity to attack three different people. Do you get the get extra dice all on all three of the attacks? Eric? Uh, yes, you do. I would say you do, because it's all one action. It's all right. It's it's technically your you area of attack is, is counted as you have to roll it as separate little attacks, but they were all done as part of the charge. Right. Yeah. It's they, not they're, like they're it all dovetailing off the same action. Right, right. Now, what's interesting, the additional attack action rules under the rule book, it says attacking multiple targets. Some attack actions let a fighter target more than one fighter. When this happens, the attacking player resolves the attack action against each of the targets separately and in succession in whatever order they choose. Each of these attack actions is resolved separately. So, for example, if a fighter's next attack action has plus one dice, this only applies to the first of these actions. So what this, what this is saying, though, is it's, it's not giving a good example because there are, there, are di there are cards that only give you an extra dice or a reroll on the first attack action of the right, next activation. Right. So in that case, you would only get to reroll or <clears throat> get one extra dice for the first attack of if it's a charge or not doesn't matter. Right. But if it's if it says like for example frenzy, this is why frenzy is really good for Karsus when he's upgraded for mighty swing or whatever he has. Uh, whirlpool, yeah, he, he gets his he whirling just, attack. He gets when he's inspired, yeah, he gets yeah. all four dice because it's all part of a charge. It there's no just it doesn't say right. just the first attack action. It and says brutal charge. If you charged brutal charge is an OP Magoras card, so that's why it uh, it they have like different they have a different rules that they have to play with. Mm. So their one says, whenever you charge, you just get all this extra dice, whereas yeah. everybody else has to play a ploy, and you get one for the next activation. So brutal charge is uh, is a magor specific. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And yeah. then the other part of the question was was ferocious charge. Yeah. So ferocious charge is um, a it's a fire slayer uh, specific. Oh, yep. so nobody uses objective? it. I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I could see. Not somebody, yet. I don't know. I could see somebody if you're playing like aggro dwarves. I can see somebody using this one. Uh, score this immediately if a friendly fighter, any of them, this card takes is awesome. Enemy fighter out of action with a charge action. So the question is, if you mighty swing, let's say the first one that you kill, you don't kill them. Like you just hit them, and they don't die. So what if you kill one of the other ones in the chain? Right. As long as it's part of a charge, and we are agreeing that all of your multiple attacks are technically part of the charge. I, I would agree, too. I think that yeah. you can... So you, you do get it, yeah. And actually, Randall, it is a good card. I was just making a joke that nobody plays dwarves, but maybe that's the case now. I don't know. I haven't seen many dwarf players. I tried dwarves the other day. 
the score oh. immediately, and you have some pretty strong men in the dwarves faction. <laughs> and and yeah, pretty and the only time you're ever going to hit anyone is if you charge them. Right. Right. Yeah. Unless... Oh, by the way, uh, so I was trying to paint my dwarves because I played them, and I'm like, ah, I might as well finish painting them. And I broke Mad Magrum's like at the foot. I think yeah, every dwarf player has does. broken Everybody Mad Magrum. Okay, yeah. I, I did so that. Mad Magrum's it's like a rite of passage way. for playing dwarves. Oh, okay. After after you play your like second or third game with them, Mag Magrum breaks and you got to glue yeah. them back on. Okay, I got it. Because I because I glued them back, but the thing is, I was using like Gorilla Glue, which I think is not a good way to do it. Oh no! No, no which no, which no. I've been using. Gorilla Glue is hardcore, dude. That's for like concrete and shit. Yeah, no. for anybody out there who wants to build Shadespire miniatures, use plastic cement, not any other glue. All right, well, I'm going to have to go get some of that. Anyway, but the thing is, is that Gorilla Glue like apparently takes forever to, to harden. But the thing is that Mad Magrum's at such like a weird angle that you can't, like, like gravity just like pulls the model down. So you yep. won't like stay in the proper situation. So I basically have him like lying down flat on his base, like doing a one arm push up. Wow. It's really weird. I think I might just leave him like that, though. It's kind of funny. <laughs> you could probably just like pin total him. Total noob. Total noob. I don't. Total hobby noob. I, I am. I am. I've only been. I've only been painting since like what? Ma magnets, June? bro. I mean, I'm pretty good. Magnets. Magnet. All right. That's a great damn idea. Play the sound. All right. What's that? Play the sound. All right. Ready? Playing the sound. Done. All right. Next on. one coming up. Um, this comes from Michael Hansen, uh, on this is a good the Warhammer one. Underworlds uh, one. Yeah. Okay. So this we, we found on the Warhammer. We found two people asking about this on the Warhammer Underworlds official pa Facebook page, and we didn't talk about this on the pregame with Eric. So we're gonna have to see what he thinks oh, about man, this one. Actually, right. I just I just brought this up to because uh, I saw you guys talk about this, and I brought this up to Joe earlier. Right. And I, I myself, if if I know what, let me see. Yeah, go right. for it. Go for it. Drifting Advance. Okay. One of the one of the premier night night haunt cards that oh, okay. every night haunt player has in their deck because it's so good. Okay. It says, uh, is, so hold on. So let's go Drifting Advance. Drifting Advance. Where is it? There it is. Okay. Push all friendly chain rasps. This is a night haunt faction specific ploy. Push all friendly chain rasps up to two hexes. This push must take them closer to the nearest enemy fighter in each case. If there is more than one nearest enemy fighter, you can choose which of the, which the chain rasp is pushed towards. Now, here's the question. What if they're adjacent to an enemy already? Then they cannot be pushed. They can't be pushed. But no. the designer commentary states that a push of zero hexes does not count as a push. So, so what's up with that? That means he can't. But what does that have to do with anything? Because well, the FAQ. Wait, one second. Most enemy fighter in each case. The the FAQ no, says. No, no. Okay, sorry. The, the FAQ says, uh, when you're instructed when when something on a card says that you're able to push a guy up to x amount of let's say up to two hexes, right? That means one or two. Yeah. Well, that no, no. They say that it can be zero. But then it doesn't. Count as but, a push. Then but then it does not, not count as being pushed. So what's what's the problem? You don't have to push every single chain rasp. You could. It says that they must at, they must be hexes. pushed towards the closest enemy fighter. Right, and a and push of saying, zero does not count as a push. Right, because because if you're if you're next to a guy, you're not 
you're not going to push him because he's already next to a guy. But the so ploy you just card, skip him. You can't do it. The ploy card says you must push them closest to the, the only the ones only the ones that are that are to be pushed. Doesn't say. Well, that. I just think that they're gonna they're gonna end up eroding this. I right, I didn't even wow this has been debating. I didn't even read. I mean, I'm reading this as it's kind of well for me. It's obvious that. Of course, you're not always going to push every single guy. Sometimes because there might be adjacent. Because there might be adjacent. Yeah. Right. Let me but let me read that. They have to errata the card because it has to say if your chain rasp is already adjacent to a to a fighter, just leave them. Just don't push them. Like it doesn't say Does it, that. It let me read the FAQ real quick, guys. So, so the FAQ says if a card says to push a fighter up to two hexes, what does that mean? And the answer is, you can leave the fighter where they are. And then oh, okay. parentheses, a push of zero hexes, in which case the fighter is not considered to have been pushed. And parentheses, you can push them one hex or you can push them two hexes. Note that you cannot push them back into the hex they began in. Right. So he said so the, the FAQ is essentially saying that if you do end up moving zero with your push up to two, then you 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 have you are not considered to have been pushed. Right, and you. Why and is the this, card uh, and the the card drifting advance says you must push them towards the closest enemy fighter. Right, so you only get if it's available. Just, only if you're doesn't able say that. To doesn't do say it. anything about only That's, if but, it's. But it's 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 inquired. It's, okay, it's, it's implied. implied. It's, it's I'm sorry. It's implied because it's in later on in the text. Hold on, I actually don't. Have a lot of times in a lot of other cases, if if you can't be if a card says push and you're not allowed to. It'll say they don't move, like with right, earthquake. They don't move, but this one doesn't. Earthquake says well, if they can't it's just move, another then way you of, don't push them. It's just another way of writing. I think the same thing. Uh, again, I think this is Games Workshop's English is kind of loose a lot of the time, and you're never gonna you're never gonna get this perfect. It's a thousand old, cards. I mean, old old English way uh, or standardized way of, of of structuring a sentence. That's just never going to happen with them, right? Because with so earthquake, so at least, they need to errata the right. card. They need to add yeah. that that phrase to it. If you can't, if you're already adjacent to a to an enemy fighter, don't push them. It just needs to be added into the card because otherwise we get into the well, situation of like, well, then what do I do? I actually, I don't know. I still don't even. I don't even see it that way. I just see it as. Okay, now I got the card in front of me. Push all friendly chain rasps up to two hexes. Now that's just the, that's the starting thing. That doesn't mean when there are other sentences in the card, it doesn't mean you just read the first line and then you have to do the first line. This sounds there like are you have caveats, to do that, though. <laughs> no, no, that's not the case. I, what we we're saying is that the other... caveat's missing. Well, for example, okay, my turn, right? Push a friendly fighter. You may push a friendly fighter up to one hex. That's what does it say? Up to one hex. Up to one hex and make an oh, that attack. Says up to two hexes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. My turn is push a fighter one hex and make an attack. But you don't have to push them one hex if you're already adjacent to them. You can just attack. Well, here, here's my argument, right? Yeah. Er Earthquake says that they it, it has that caveat at the end saying if this fighter can't move as a result of being pushed, then they are not pushed. Right. Whereas Drifting Advance says. This push must take them closer to the nearest enemy fighter in each case, and then it does not have that caveat saying that if you if you're not able to be pushed, then you don't move. So oh, okay, hold on. I see. Uh, I just I'm reading the card now. You guys aren't uh, okay. 
it doesn't say anything if you're adjacent to the guy. Doesn't, I, thought, no... I thought that sentence was in the card. So should... No, no, that's what we're saying is that the, oh, okay, that's okay. not in the card. They have to put it in the card. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess they could, the, I think that's kind of common sense because well, if, if you're going to go towards the nearest guy, you're already at the nearest guy. So I guess if you want, you can maybe push him one or two hexes around like clockwise. No, because then that's not closer. That's well, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's the same distance. So in that case, you would just freeze him. Like that's the only logical way to go about it. Of course it is. But so so but right. I mean like that's implied, but again, it's not on right, right. Text, but so that's probably how there. most people will play it. Because... And that's yeah, no, and that's how I think we would have to yeah, call it. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's an oversight. Well, hold on. I, I have actually something else about this card, which which is completely um not it, it has nothing to do with what, what this uh, topic's about, and it has to be about uh, Drifting Advance. Uh, Joe and I were talking about you may push them up to two hexes, right? Yeah. But whether you push them one or two, they have to end up you know, closer to the enemy than before, right? Mm-hmm. Question. If there's a guy a few hexes away, right, you ha- and you, you're going to push your guy, right, do you have to push them the full two, or can you push them one? Because if so you push two? them... Up to two, right. But I could kind of make the argument that, and I'm being a little bit devil's advocate-ish uh, here, and say you have to kind of push him two hexes because that'll he will end up closer than just having him pushed one. If, if you're standing 10 feet away from me yeah, and I take two steps towards you, I'll be closer to you. But if I take one step towards you, I'll still be closer to you. That's true. Then your original position. Yes. But... Up to two, and I'm closer. Up to Sounds two, right I to guess. Me. All right, so I, I say it's good. All right, all right. So yeah, I kind of agree too. I was okay. just I was just kind of like trying to. No, I got you. I got you. That's a, what we need. Make him think. Yeah. All right. So we're saying drifting advance needs an errata. Well, so are we saying that? Let's say you're in this situation, right? Uh, what, what would you life. say that you do if you if you have if you have I, a guy I, that's adjacent to an enemy and then you play drifting advance? Yeah. Would you say you have to push There's him at no least one? To you have to leave him there. But you just, leave, you just him leave him there. there. You just leave him there. But you can't yeah, but, get pushed into the same hex that you were. No, you there. just you you did you did a zero. Like you just did a zero. Where yeah. are you supposed to? You can't, you can't go, push him. You can't, you can't push, push him because already next. Like a lot of things in this game, we we actually do kind of like. Could you push through the guy? No, you can't. You can't, you can't move. You can't be pushed through enemies. No. You can you only have to move. move and through oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no. Um. And even that wouldn't really help. And then you, you would go through him, and then you have to go through one more. And then more. you'd be moving yeah. further away on the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I just think I like think you just leave him there because there's no better way to do it. It but is. It is. Of that card. It's obviously implied that like, duh, you can't push him. I disagree. I think you have to you, push him at saying, least one. How are you saying that you would have played it that way? You would have played like you have to move him over one. You have to move at least one if you're adjacent. Well, here's the thing with great, great Concussion before, right? If you played Great Concussion and you can move a guy because you have to go further away from the hex, right, that's being bolted, um, you have to move them away. If they cannot be pushed away, you don't push them. If you push them adjacent to a hex, but it turns out that that's the same number of hexes right, from but- that – you but that card has the clause on the on the at the end of it that says if there's no hex you could push a fighter into, do not push them. That is true. There's nothing on drifting advance that says if you can't go anywhere or if you can't get any closer, you don't move. I see your point. 
They just uh, to put things yeah. To I guess we just guys play it as adults. <laughs> you know? well, we're gonna get to that. No, the adult way to do it is you play. You move your guy one. You push a guy either one or two, and and he's still adjacent right. to that he's guy. Cir- he's circling. But then you're you not like circling. Closer, him, right? You're circling around. Yeah. But yeah, but you're required to. to no, push. but he's no, but Randall's right. Like you can interpret it that way, like legally by reading this text. That is both my way and his way are like the kind of correct way. Of uh, as long as he doesn't end up in the same hex, he can do that. Technically, I, I I argue that he can't. But you know, what's to support me objectively, right? What's so yeah, you know, yeah. there's there is a there is some kind of like logic box here. These uh non spoken rules that we have to adhere to, and he he would be his way would be. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm accepted. doing anything. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not no. trying to pull anybody. No, you're not. But you're just finding a new option. Like, what if somebody were to do it? Because, hey, listen, maybe you want to, like, do that and go to, you know, if you push, maybe then you'll be adjacent to two guys and then you could, like, smack the other guy. So, Or maybe you, you want to stay on an objective token and now you have to move your guy off of it. True, true. So Yeah, you got to do uh, it. Unfortunately, this will probably need an an errata because – Man, you guys are like going really hardcore into this. Well, this wasn't even our question. We none of us even play Night Hunt. This was uh, we yeah. found this on the yeah. we found this well, on the Warhammer okay. official. That makes sense. So if it, if it's out there, then maybe it caused some some discussion. Then that's that that's merit in itself. And GW right, so actually say... responded to that, and they said we don't know. Send right. the email to blah 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 at warhammer.com. Right. Asking. I'm us. I'm going to say this for the judge's ruling. I'm going to say. You probably just don't move him at all, and he counts as being pushed, not not pushed. Judging from how other cards are um, are are played and how they were ruled, so you wouldn't be able to mirror move if he didn't go anywhere. Just didn't put that clause in there. Well, not not him, but you can mirror move some other dude. Oh man, let me tell you something. There's some paralegals who play this who are loving this episode right now. (laughs) So, like, what card game? No, they would look at the way it's written. They're like, yeah, that depends on what your definition of is is. It's it's not. I don't believe that the game was hyper designed to be this accurate. We're just tearing this shit apart. You know, we have chosen poorly. Yeah, it's like wrong game, guys. Game All right, anyway, like, they're like, "Hey, guys, come on, we just want to paint some damn models. Just leave us alone." So right. I say, "Your push zero, Randall." You say you can you can clock counterclockwise the guy or something. I'm saying you have to push him at least one if you're adjacent to a guy. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, can, I, I, I agree that you that. just leave him there. I don't think people will like make a huge argument on that. By the way, and you I, could I, even I argue, say, "Oh, again, well." Though. You could you could argue it and say, oh well, if I have to be pushed two, I'll just go one to the right and one back to where I started. But, but then the FAQ says yeah. you can't right. be well, pushed you can't back to the same start. Right. Yeah, all all rules are always in play. All rules are simultaneously in play yeah. constantly. I don't think we can play the sound on this one. Uh, why? Because we got to wait until the next episode. Until mm, there's content. Yeah, well, the sound's just a transition to the it's just a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, it but we mean that we, all right. Okay. Mean, all right. The play the sound, Max. Correct. I'm playing the sound. <laughs> Okay. All right, yeah. Okay. Moving on. All right, and this is this is our last one. Oh. Thankfully, um, this comes from uh, and I, I can't. This one is this a is nightmare. A, oh my god! I I hope everybody has a hat because you need to hold on to your hat. Okay, so this comes from uh, I, I can't imagine this is his last name, but I'm going to say it anyway. Anders Christian Fabricius. 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 I don't know. 
Fabricius uh, sounds anyway. good. Yeah. Uh, so here's one. Oh boy. All right. So he came up with this idea of rebound uh, and then the Skaven upgrade expendable. Mm. So first let's read these. Um, who's, All right, who's let me pull got, it up. Who's got the, uh, I'll What's do expendable. Rebound. Rebound. So this is one, this is one Eric will like because this is uh, during the different sections yeah. of the attack step. Rebound right, is a hilarious troll card that will either <laughs> immediately win you the game or it will do absolutely nothing. You're playing with or nine ploys and you're dead. dead okay. It says, reaction, play this during an enemy attack action that would succeed. Roll a defense dice. On a roll of a dodge or a crit, the attacker suffers the damage rather than the target and neither fighter is driven back. By the way, that is a one-third chance of happening, but that is one. But what a third, chance. man! Holy crap! If it goes off, though. All if right. you've, I failed my last chance quite a few times. If those were rebounds, game over. Yikes! All right. Game anyway, over. so but but see, that's the thing. It's like I don't play rebound because one third isn't enough even for that. Right. Right. But seriously, but in a two out of three game, woof. Wow. I mean, and there are some cases where like my attacks deal four damage. Like if I twist on an inspired rip tooth or something like that, mm. right? But if but if you have great strength on Magor, he comes up, cleaves your opponent, then he the guy hits rebound himself. on really you, kills himself. You have lost the game. You're really <laughs> about playing me. You should just not. I mean, first of all, I just want everybody to know that I gave my deck to Randall to play, and he trounced me. I did not even try. I literally I walked try, at you. Right? It's the deck. And did nothing. It's the deck and the and I band. smoked you. You boys, you boys in your decks. I played. I know, really. I played his Far Strider deck against uh, my Magor's deck, and then I played. And his is much more aggressive than mine, like the one that Dan plays. And mm. then um, I played my Far Strider deck, and my Far Strider deck is much more cagey and kind of like stand and objective Z. So two different versions, and he trounced the hell out of me with my Magor's deck. Didn't even try. You yeah. play. The only Magors that are able to be played. They can really only be played one way, even in this meta. I think so. I have right, a lot anyway. of like I have a lot of movement stuff also. So go like forth and clear. Uh, yeah, all right. Anyway, let's get back to rebound. Let's get back to the topic. So we have this card so, rebound, so rebound, right? Rebound. Which is which we have the card rebound, which is a reaction that is play this during an attack an enemy attack action that would succeed. That's the first sentence. That would right? succeed. So now we have the okay, so Skaven now on specific. one of the Skaven, right? On and this is on one of the red shirts, right? The red it's shirts is what call the Skaven that die and come back, just like on Star Trek. Okay. Anyway, so on one of these, so like the hungering, lurking, and what's the other one? Festering. Festering. Skavens. Okay. So you can put this uh, this upgrade on them. It is faction specific for Skaven, uh, called expendable. Um, it says reaction. Here we go again. Uh, during an attack action that will cause any damage to this fighter. You can remove them from the battlefield and deal one damage to their attacker. So the question okay. is... So the question is, let's say... I, I'm sorry, can you read that one more time? Yes. Okay, during an attack action that will cause any damage to this fighter, you can remove them from the battlefield. So you can remove like your hungering Skaven from the battlefield and deal a damage to the attacker. So it's basically like, you're going to kill one of my rats, all right. Well, you're going to take a damage. Right. Like once the once the dice have been rolled, like you roll, he rolls his uh, attack dice, and you roll your defense dice, and you and you compare the results. 
then you're able to ra rather than the damage going through you just pick up one of your guys and he's gone and then he does one damage to the opponent and then right. there's even an FAQ for this and it says when I use expendable to remove my fighter from the battlefield does my opponent gain a glory point and the answer to that is no however from that point forward the fighter is considered in every way to be out of action for the purposes of numerating fighters out of action and for determining right. which fighters can be returned to the battlefield. Because it, wasn't, it wasn't the attacker who took the um, fighter out of action. It was the, the, the war band itself that took it out. Yeah. So your opponent so, doesn't get any glory for Right, right. So they, what's, what's the question with rebound and expansion? So here's the thing. Let's say I attack this festering Skaven that sure. has expendable on it uh with riptooth okay and riptooth uh deals and let's say riptooth is inspired three damage and then i attack this skaven and the skaven has expendable riptooth's attack is now successful right so i roll i had i get my my it's gonna go through so this is the opportunity to play rebound right yes okay throw throw let's see if i can throw that three damage right back in that dog's face right right Okay, so rebound is played and it is successful. Now Riptooth is going to take three damage. Okay, are you ready? Can the Skaven player now pick up the Festering Skaven and deal a damage to Riptooth to kill him? After having played rebound? After having played rebound. What was the what happened with rebound? It, it failed, right? No, no, no. It, it went through. Oh, it went through, so the dog took three damage. The dog took three damage. Um, so the, uh, so, so it says, so remember, did we, did we get to a says, consensus on this? Cause, hold, uh, okay. Hold on. So, so remember expendable says during an attack action that will cause any damage to this fighter, which it would have done before, re, before, rebound but it didn't, played. it did not. That's what I was thinking, it but it actually not. didn't, it didn't actually, it never it. did. That's that the whole point. If you did, you'd be dead. Right. Right. And that's when you would play this. And furthermore, I could actually, um, I could actually go a little further in this. Uh, we don't even have to get to that point. The actual specific event trigger is the same. It's, and it's, by the way, the same, I believe, as um, Twist of Knife. They're worded exactly the same. Those well, three cards would be played in this. No, no. The, the, the thing is, let's, let's say the rebound yeah. is successful. It was still going, like, you know, w which one resolves first? The reaction is play this when an attack action would succeed. Whereas expendable is no, no, he's right. They have the same trigger. No, they have the same trigger along with twist the knife during an attack action that will cause that will... any damage to this fighter. That's pretty much the same right. because will cause any damage means it's succeeding. So could you say, let's say you attack me with with Riptooth, right? And I say, okay, okay, uh, I'm gonna do expendable, right? Pick the yeah. guy up, then say, now I'm gonna do rebound. You cannot because the trigger was the same. You cannot play two reaction cards for the same exact so trigger. So playing during an attack action that would succeed is the same as... And it's the same It's the same person. During an attack action that will it's, cause any damage. It, right. It's not even just both during the attack action, because we, we knew that there are multiple events that happen during attack action, but this is actually the same specific event. It's during, it's during, oh, an, during, saying, during okay. an attack that action that will succeed. That's the, that's the issue. Because the rule book says in the glossary, it says, "Okay, succeeds." This is on the last page of the rule book, thirty-one. Okay, it says succeeds see. attack action, an attack action that causes damage succeeds. Right. No, actually, it's not. One says that it succeeds. No, but there are there are multiple things that succeed. It's just 
it's just one of the that's just one of the things that uh, make the attack uh, successful. Another attack, another way to make attack successful uh, is if your opponent did uh, failed to defend. So of course, like a successful attack will do damage. Oh, so you're saying that you know there I mean? are other situations that would deem something either successful or not successful. Right, but like all these things are happening at once. The, we're looking for triggers, right? What's the yeah. difference between the triggers? Now, you could make the argument that, hey, expendable, expendable is when you remove the model, right? Because removing the model is different than having it succeeding, which is why you could play, for example, twist a knife during an attack action that, that will do damage, and then afterwards I could play last chance because it's literally killing me. And it's, this is before I remove the model. Those are two different things. Those are two different things. Here, you have to first, uh, I'm sorry, in expendable, if, if, if re rebound, because look, if rebound, um, whether it goes through or not, that's your choice. You can only play either rebound or expendable is, is, the, uh, is the perspective I'm coming from. During an attack action that will cause any damage to this fighter, you can remove them from the ba battlefield and deal one damage. Yeah, so the, the, so rebound, the trigger rebound, is during an attack right. action that will cause damage, whereas rebound says play this during an enemy attack action that would succeed. That would succeed. So if rebound... So uh, I'm arguing goes... that you could play expendable first, pick the guy up, and then play rebound. No, oh, because... I don't think you can do that. You, can't, you definitely can't do I it think that rebound way. Has to because go rebound has to go first. It's dealing... Both things are dealing with damage. What's going to happen with the damage? Damage is what the what you're triggering here. Okay, so you're so saying an attack that... action. So it at least has to be, if you're going to make that argument that you could play both of them, it has to be rebound first. I think that if you and I think that if you play rebound, then right. that damage is not coming into the rat. So it has to. It, so you can't right. even trigger. So you can't even trigger expendable in that you... case. Now the question okay. the the question is it would deal damage, but not do that first. It, it does not though. It's not if it will. And it's an upgrade, not a ploy. Bendable. But it, but it it stopped. There's okay. there's an event that happens be, be after the attack action that will cause damage and before expendables is 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 activated is triggered, and that is rebound. Rebound happens and that stops expendable. It's not an attack because, yeah, of course the attack will go through and therefore you could trigger expendable. That's not what's happening. What's happening is your attack is doing damage, rebound stops the damage. And then what? Then, then you, can't you can't expendable, expendable because, because expendable comes after, in the first place. would come after that. You know, you know what I mean? All right. Um, however, I don't think you could even trigger both at the same time, uh, reading these, the timing on both of these. Uh, during attack action that will cause any damage. Well, I guess Max, yeah, or Randall, um, you play rebound, it doesn't go through, you fail, so the damage goes through. Can you activate then, this? Then I think you can. Oh, sure, of course. I think it's I think it's possible. Well, to, because then because, because then if you don't that, have you, you take the damage. Yeah, but I mean, if yeah. if rebound doesn't work, oh, because you're saying because they're the same trigger. You know what? I don't think you can. I think this is something that'll have to be probably FAQ'd if it's not already, but. Rebound cannot. Wait, hold on. Um, you, Randall, you said that the um, that rebound can be comboed with like soul trap, and uh, oh, let me read chance. the FAQ for that. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, that solves it right there. That's... No, you can. No, I don't see. 
Th oh, that's on the soul trap FAQ. Okay, hold on. I right, right. No, but this this is relevant here. Yeah, if yeah, yeah. Hold rebounded, on. You can then use if soul traps on your guy and you got rebounded, like you made an attack and it rebounded mm -hmm. back at you, you can use soul trap. Well, it says question can no, soul that. trap be used if either player used rebound? It says yes, rebound is used when it is determined that the attack action would succeed. Soul trap is used. When the fighter so, is taken out of action, okay. so when the damage, so you is can combo those. So if you have both cards, if you have both soul trap and a rebound, you can play rebound first and then activate soul trap because soul trap is dealing with the damage received and you're about to die. You're about to be removed and you do the fifty fifty. So you can combo, for example, uh, you know, defend yourself with rebound and then last chance. So in this case with expendable, then I would say yes. If you play rebound and you fail, that means then the damage is coming rebound. through. Yes. And now you could deal with the damage. That's but if rebound through. works, you can't use it. But if it works, you can't use it because the damage never touched you. Right. Right. Agreed. Wow. Randall? Court hearing. Randall, we good with that? What? Uh, so so we, what we said we was... We lost um, the narrative thread. It's Can okay. Sidebar? So, <laughs> sidebar? What we, bar? Judge? What, what we said is... Uh, can I have a woo bar? <laughs> oh, we're getting punchy. I object, Eric. <laughs> I object. You agree with me? I want to be able to pick up my guy and then the ghost. I want. I want to be able to magically make my Skaven dude vanish and then you hit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I want that too. But I don't see that being the case. I'm just hitting the button over and over now. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. All right. Well. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So you can you can activate it if rebound fails, but if it succeeds, you cannot activate expendable. I agree. Or okay. soul trap in last chance. I object. Okay, moving on. All right, no, that's it. That was the last one. Okay, okay. we got it. Woo! Phew. All right, if you're still with us, um, just uh, just realize that we really went deep into this and we were parsing language like you wouldn't believe. Um, so we're gonna move on now to our keys of keys to salvation. And uh, the key to salvation this time around, which applies in a lot of situations, but also applies when doing this kind of legalese kind of stuff with the cards is just remember it's a game. You know, we're all here to have fun. What is that? That's 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 my tip. That's my tip. Well, like, no, what is fun? I fun. mean, you're I here to win, guys. Fun is winning. I have fun winning doing at, by any means game. necessary guys, is the guys. only way that I have fun. If you can't reach the consensus, God gave you fists. Just take it outside. Take <laughs> it inside as long as you don't break anyone's models. I, I find it funny that we need little plastic models with fists and weapons <laughs> to like go and actually fist and weapon each other. This is <laughs> how we settle arguments in the future. We play gore fisters, man. All right. But anyway, but as I was saying, it's like, listen, if you're playing casual and you can't figure out the rules, just agree with your opponent to just do something for now instead of sitting there and pausing a game for hours trying to figure it out like that's if you don't unless you find that fun unless you really like to just parse language like we've been doing for the last probably hour and a half um you know but if you're just playing casual just be like eh don't worry about it let's just let's just move on just like all right you killed my guy doesn't matter and just move on you know just do, do something that the players can agree with and then like look it up later. right yeah, and don't, it's don't always TO, ask the TO and go yeah, over if, you're at a tournament. if you feel that you have a ground you're standing on, like something in the rule book or in the FAQ, make sure you have that handy. This is why I hope, I know it's, some people still play this super casually, but 
you know, try to get a grasp on the rules and, and, and know them as much as you can. So the game just well, moves quicker. Yeah, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. I would oh. just just say on this point, when you're playing in, you know, just the game store with your friend, you know, or your relatives or something like that, if you can't, if, if something comes up and you have a question, just keep the game going, try to get it, you know, try to get it resolved civilly. And if, if someone's getting really upset about it, then just, just give it to them, you know, um, or, but or at a tournament, like, right yeah. at a tournament, it's, it's completely different. And what I would suggest is if, if anything comes up, even, even something little, right. And you guys are having a, and you, and you start to see that a, a Nothing's something is, is go, you're going back and forth on an issue. Just call the judge call right, the right judge. then. Don't, yeah. don't waste any more time. And just have the judge, the judge over says. there because you're going to have to get him anyway if, if you can't get it resolved. Yeah. So just call him over right away and just say to your opponent, and you can even say to your opponent, be like, hey, man, you know, I, I know we're we're going back and forth here, but I'd like to have a judge come over and, and, and hear this. And your opponent most of the time will not think anything is wrong with that if they're and, and if friendly to competitive games. Also just say, you know what? Good idea. Let's go and do that. Right. And of course, whatever the TO says, just like, you know, in any other sport or competition, if the TO says this is how we're going to play it, as long as they are consistent, um, just whatever they say, that's the way you play it for that particular tournament. Right. Right. And I've, you know, I've played plenty <laughs> of, you know, right? football or baseball games where I know for sure that something happened and the, the referee or whatever didn't either didn't catch it or there, made the wrong right. call. Then that's and you just sometimes. move on. You know, move on. You can try to make your case. Don't don't be rude, because if you're rude, the T.O. is immediately going to hate you and and rule against you. Just try to gently disagree with what the T.O. said and say, listen, you know, I think I have an argument here. I'll I'll pull out the the FAQ. I'll pull out the rule book and show (laughs) them what what make your case in a calm manner. And if they say, you know, no, I I still think you're wrong. You you got to just move on. If something if something does bother someone and they feel that they had it but they couldn't prove it, and the TO or the ruling went against their favor when they knew they were right, I would say you know listen, after the game, after the tournament, the match or whatever, you could go back Maybe and you could show somebody. <laughs> no, but Wait, seriously, you could, you could you could you could bring it up to him just so like that person would know, hey, like this is where I found it. But when it comes to that time in in a tournament. You, you also kind of have to understand, hey, this is like, you know, it's Games Workshop. Like, like we mentioned earlier, it's sometimes loose English. Oh, we were able to do so and, and And also, we didn't, like, mention everything we found on the message yeah. boards. Like, we just mentioned a few interesting ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that. So you can't, you can't ultimately blame someone for, you know, having, like, this perspective or unless it's completely out there. And most of the time, it's not that case. Right, like really if they say that a charge is not like a move action too. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're, you're just like, begging and choosing here. Yeah, yeah. But usually they, there is reason for it. So if something get, doesn't get ruled your way, whether you're right or wrong, just kind of accept it that, you know, sometimes the game is kind of technical and loose with terms and it is imperfect. And and you'll just, just you know, suck it up. Yeah, but even in a tournament setting, I think the idea of remembering that it's just a game, you're throwing dice at each other, you're throwing cards at each other, you're not literally, you know. Um, <laughs> right. It's not like that's what we're trying to uh, stop, actually. Yeah. Right. Just remember, it's just a game. Like, we're all here to have fun. It, as, if everybody walks away from a tournament thinking that they had a positive playing experience, 
then it's a win. You know, to- a trophy or not. It's, it's all about loving each other and making yeah. the world a better place. Well, yeah, and don't let anybody ruin the experience for you, you know? Even if it's the right. T.O. You can right. still you can exactly. still have a good time right. and play yeah, and you know maybe hey, something got, got wrong but you know you still played three games or six games or whatever and like the, the the game that you really love you know and uh, you got to meet a bunch of people like I, I'm meeting people all over the place every time I play when I go down to, you know when I went down to Nova I met some people when I went when I go down to Carcosa I met Eric when I go to you know when I go to the club you know Randall I met you there you know we, we, actually we met at Eighth Street. How can you forget? Oh yeah, you're right. We didn't how, need how, how can you forget, That's man? That's right. I beat your ass. Oh yeah, the one. GW closet and oh yeah, downtown. yeah. yeah, yeah. Downtown it is a closet, dude. They yeah. have a nice little closet on Eighth Street. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it fits five people. And twenty and boxes usually of models. You can find twenty people there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. They haven't had one in a while. I kind of wonder what's going on there. I don't know. Get... They're all into 40k Sigma. Oh, but but that, that, that fake news. space and they don't have space. Do they even Man, have a I don't know. there? I don't think they have They do there. not. You'd have to you use have to the like uh, yeah. Chipotle next door or whatever that is. Oh great. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Get the code. Huh. Did we do it? I think that's it. Are we cool? Yeah. All right. Anybody want to give a shout out to anybody? Hey, uh, I want to shout out New York, but I don't know what the hell is going on over here. There are like Around the city, at least, there are like no tournaments. No, what are you talking about? We're Carcosa has one. Like in a week and a half. Right, but like, for, but that was like the last tournament that was, was early one. November. Yeah. And yeah. that was after Nightfall. Right after Nightfall, dead quiet, when it should have been the opposite. I Get mean, that, last, last time, hey, I hosted a tournament. That was the last tournament that I actually played in, the last tournament I heard of here. Yep. Otherwise, I would have been there. All right. So, uh, there is on, one on January 5th. There is a tournament at Carcosa at Club Carcosa. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn, Fo- followed by place. like probably March 5th because well, at this rate, mm-hmm. I mean, we're only focusing this... on the now. Okay. We're living in the present. All right. Well, and January 5th, right on the new year. Let's get some more present. I'm red. I'm running in there. Am I playing Magors? Should I be still be playing Magors? Do you, do you still want to want to want to give it a go? No, Eric? you're playing. My plan. If you, if you had, Reavers, dude. My son, if you have any balls. You'll show up with those Magors. I will do so. You'll lose like a man. What? All right? Please. you lose like a man. Please. They've gotten so much stronger now with the Woo Bar. Are you kidding? You know we only play each other once. We've only played each other time one ago. time. Yeah. yeah. That was like a while back. That was like, what, yeah. July? I think so. Yeah. The, sh- the showdown will happen, and you will hear I'm about it. Right. And neither of us will win. In the future. I'm going to request you first turn so that one of us can be totally screwed up for the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, just tell Brian. I want to... I'm... I'm hunting Eric's head. Yes. And he well, you will... know what's going to happen is we're going to we're going to meet up final table. You and I. So it's going to be up. Let's see if we get there. No, I right like there. it better when one of you guys you knocks there. you out in the stupid first round. You right. Uh, knock, knock, <laughs> just knock because then Randall max out. Gonna, yeah. He's going to avoid more people. What's that? I got to. I don't watch man. Randall win. He's been. Just knock Max Randall's out in the going. first round. You're going to start zapping people with Randall's not going. I can't go. Forty K tournament up in Peekskill. Oh. Yeah, I know. Fuck him. All right. Anyway. All right. On that note, we're done. <laughs> All right. Hit the All right. button. Hit play. This play the sound. Wait. What? What? Oh, I gotta do it. Hold on. I gotta. I. I let my well, phone. Well, I got it. I got it. Just say it. goodbye and then do it. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, for Battle for Salvation podcast, this is Max Bernstein, and I'm Randall Slate, and 
Eric, thanks for coming on, man. We like it when you're on this, uh, when you're on an episode. Thank you. I'll be back soon. Appreciate hopefully, it. If I'm allowed. All right. Oh, wait, I want to give, well, I do want to give one shout out. Oh my God. Dude. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> There was this dude. There was this dude that wanted to play me up um, after the tournament was over. I forgot to mention him earlier. His name is Chris, okay. and he uh, he just started playing like a month ago, and he was he had these really great painted models. He was playing uh, Thunder Buddies, and uh, and we played a game uh, afterwards because he wanted to like he wanted to, like get in there and like play another round because we only played like you know like one two three games or something like that. It wasn't anything. And uh, and we got in there and he just he he had such a good attitude about it because I did beat him, but he he took it as a learning experience. And uh, and I think that he was very happy to uh, to to see what that particular like he had not heard, played against a lot of Magor decks or maybe none. And um, he just wanted to kind of know what that's like. And uh, and I showed him what it's like. And then, uh, yeah, I just want to shout out to Chris because he played a great game. and He was a lot of fun to play against. Oh, I'll shout out. Uh, shout out to a new friend of mine, Calvin, that I'm just getting into the game. There we go. Uh, we're pretty much providing him with all the cards and the essential models he needs, and which is always great, by the way, if you want to get new people in. Yeah, nobody's zero dollar price tag single. is really good. Yeah, nobody's playing yeah. every faction they own. Uh, unfortunately, he chose uh, a hard warband to win with, but I think they still Reavers? have some tricks. Yeah, Reavers. Yeah, uh, people love those models. They're just so dynamic and cool, muscly, like evil. They look dudes. great. Listen, but there are a lot great. of people who say that they're good. They are. So I created a, a list, and I actually think it's uh, pretty damn decent. But right. again, it wasn't tested, so we'll see. We'll All right. See. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're getting some people in. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. All right. So sorry. Let's do it again. Hold on. Wait. Oh, there was a good. Oh no. Where to go? Oh no. All right. Wait. I got it. I got it. Yeah. All right. No, that's seriously that's the last one. So for Battle for Salvation podcast is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall again. Still Randall. Again. And, and still, Eric, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right.